Sharifs, and I'm ready for this episode today. So last night, I called myself stand up and watching the Wilder fight, the Wilder Fury fight, and it was absolutely fucking crazy. I think for me, this is probably, I mean, I've watched a lot of fights, but I think this has probably been the most um, somewhat disturbing fight I've seen. Um, it was clear that Wilder, to me, was... Um, concussed and maybe had a rupture eardrum like from second round and so it was like it was really painstakingly hard to watch for me like just seeing the the amount of blood pouring out of his ear um so it was crazy but I think the craziest part for me was when Fury uh who was the opponent of Wilder um licked the blood off of him and that was just like I've never in my life seen anything like that before in my life and so I I found it to be just fucking disgusting so yeah so Wilder lost last night so the fight was crazy um and it's pretty much all I've had pretty much going on I'm I'm still kind of under the weather guys so I'm still trying to get my life together and uh, get back on track here so let's just jump into um motivational Monday and I actually have a uh, some motivation and I have a reflective piece too that I saw as well. So I'm going to share that. So for motivational Monday, I have a quote, God n- does not always take us where we want to go, but he always leads us where we need to be. Also, I was watching, um, not watching, I was listening to, um, Oprah's super soul Sunday and I was listening to the Michelle Obama episode. And so at the end, um, she was just asking, uh, Michelle to like leave us with a few thoughts or whatever. So in, um, last year, Michelle came out with a becoming companion guide, which is kind of like a journal, but the journal has like questions and, uh, that kind of guide you through like some reflective thinking. So it was one part that she, that, uh, she had mentioned, um, for herself. And so I wanted to share that and just kind of, uh, I guess get you thinking kind of reflective because I thought it was pretty cool. And I, it made me kind of reflect too on the, on the question. So the question was, um, who is someone that you've lost that you would love to have a conversation with and why, and what do you think the conversation would consist of? So I want you to take a moment just to kind of think about that and reflect and think um, about how you would answer those questions. Um, I thought that was, um, actually a, a pretty cool, um, reflective uh question um interesting too uh so it made me think about myself um and who I would have a conversation with uh I think for me to be completely honest um I would love to have a conversation with my dad um so many questions that I wish that I would have asked my dad when he passed away was really it was um it was expected but unexpected but I didn't really have the courage at the time to really ask questions that I wanted to as for as far as a lot of things. Um, so I definitely would love to have a conversation um, with him. And then I think I would love to have uh, a conversation with my grandma um, who just recently passed. Uh, because sometimes I think when you have, um, you know, the your elders in your family, um, I wish that I would have asked her what life was like for her. You know, it's just like things that you don't really think about to ask. And um, my grandma was born in 32. And I wish that I would have asked like just what what was her life like and just being more of just her journey and ask more questions in regards to that. Um, and I never really asked that. And at the end, you know, I would think about it sometimes. And, um, you know, you either get off track or we would talk about something else. 
And um, so I wish that growing up that I had more conversations about that. So that was uh, that was what I thought about. Um, so let's just move into Black History Spotlight. So today I wanted to um, spotlight, um, I, th- I think, one of the most important stories. Um, it was changing. It was life changing for me when I learned of the story of Emmett Till. So I wanted to just kind of give um, just a, a brief little back history because I think it's important to talk about. Um, Emmett Till was a 14 year old African-American um, male who was lynched um, in Mississippi um, it's so much controversy in regards to what happened. I think logically, you know, growing up in Jim Crow South, you know, what happened, probably nothing in, in Emmett Till regard, but the woman, um, was going into the grocery store. She said that Emmett Till, um, well, she said a lot of things, but apparently he whistled at her, um, and was flirtatious. Um, some people say that he just spoke. Uh, she came back later and said that he groped her and all these things. And then later, you know, in court, she said all that was a lie, which we know. So that then led to him being, um, kidnapped and he was mutilated and beaten and also shot in the head and, uh, and drowned or thrown into the river. His body was found three days later. What made this important was that his mother, um, shed light to um the the brutality of it and to the lynching and she had an open casket um where she showed you know how mutilated he was and it was horrific um but it uh, that that had to have a lot be a lot of strength that she showed um during that time i remember um how i felt when i first learned about the emmett till story um, I think it's crazy because we didn't even learn about this in school. It's, I don't know how you can talk about lynchings and things like that and not discuss, um, the Emmett Till story. And I don't think I learned about it. I think I learned about it on my own. I think I just read, I was just reading on my own in regards to it. Um, I definitely think that U.S. history does a lot of disservice in schools nowadays because they don't teach you shit. So I think it's important for you to teach your kids at home. Um, whether you're white or black, these things are important to, um, discuss. Um, when I went to the African-American museum, uh, there's a whole Emmett Till section there with, um, with his casket there. Um, and they, they have like the whole story and you kind of go into a room with the casket. And, and that moment was where I almost lost it. Um, when I was at the museum, um, looking at his, uh, you know, the setup for him at the museum. And if you haven't never gone in, uh, to the Smithsonian in, uh, in DC, um, I think I was in the museum for like five or six hours. It, I was in there, for, I think majority of the day. Um, but it was one of my best experiences. Like I definitely want to go back. Um, whenever I go back to DC, I loved, I loved it. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, I wanted to highlight Emmett Till today um, for my Black History Spotlight. So let's just move into some um, some hot topics. All right. So the big news this week has been um, you've been seeing Dwayne Wade kind of like on a press tour. Um, he has a documentary coming out uh, tonight on ESPN. Um, I think it comes out tonight at nine Eastern Standard. Um, so this is going to come out on Monday. So it would have came on Sunday. Um, and I think it's just his journey playing for Miami over the weekend. He had his Jersey retired. Um, 
But one of the other things is that um, he spoke about how his son um, has now transitioned to um, Zaya and, you know, is now being referred to as she, um, which he's kind of hinting at this leading up to this. I talked about this a while ago. Um, Here's the thing. So after, you know, he, you know, is explaining all of this, um, it's just been so much fucking, I mean, you've seen some positivity, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's just been so much fucking negativity, um, in regards to it. And this is my thoughts on it, right? My true thoughts on it. So when I was young and I grew up, you know, I was born in the eighties, but I grew up, you know, obviously in the nineties, like you didn't see any other diverse representation of anything. Right. And so for me, like, you know, I came into my sexuality a little bit later where I kind of had an understanding of what it is I desire, what it is that I want. And so, you know, I think when, you know, I didn't really fully know, but I didn't really, you know, experience life yet to know what, what I really wanted. Right. So, um, and and plus the way, you know, there is so much diversity now on TV and everywhere, you know, I I feel like you have a, I guess it's easier to kind of come into what you may feel or whatever. So my thing is this, like everybody's like, he's 12 or she's 12 and how does she know? Whatever. Apparently, you know, according to Dwayne Wade, this is something that she's felt since she was three years old. It's something that they always knew. And instead of him trying to fight against it or, um, not be understanding, he more so wanted to seek understanding and educate himself to be a better support for his child. And I think that's something that is, commendable anybody should want that right and so for me I just actually had this conversation with my therapist the last session that I went to because for me and me you know having the idea that maybe you know I want to go into having you know biological kids of my own I'm blessed to have bonus kids in my life that you know um, came from a relationship and so you know but for me wanting to you know have my own I feel like you don't really know what you may be faced with with being a parent or what your kid um may come home with or whatever and I think it's important to be open with whatever um uh, that's more so how I kind of do my parenting in a sense and I try to just be as open as possible to whatever and sometimes it's not always about whether or not you agree or whether or not you feel um, whatever you feel towards it, uh, I think it's important to have a safe space for your kids and for them to feel safe. Um, I would never want my opinions about something to ever make my kid feel like that they couldn't share something that they have going on, um, about themselves, whatever, you know? And so I don't think that what Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union is doing is wrong. I think, you know, um, they're supporting their kid. And at the end of the day, this is his fucking child. So whatever way he want to support his kid, it's not anybody else's business. Um, Bootsy, who's a rapper came on and he's making these comments. I thought his, his video that he put up was just, it was completely ignorant, completely unnecessary. I don't think that the way way to said anything about gender reassignment or anything like that. They're just saying that, you know, this is how, you know, she's identifying. So I thought that was weird that people were kind of like making assumptions, Cause I don't, I, I haven't seen anywhere about any hormones or anything like that. And I think that's stuff that if it got to that point that you want to do all that, that's what you cross that bridge later. I don't think at 12, that's something to be having a conversation about in my opinion, but I didn't see anywhere where that was even a conversation. I think people are just assuming that. Um, 
And so I, you know, I, I commend them. I, I really do because I think it's, I, I don't think that, um, I, I think he's doing the right thing with just educating himself and just trying to be the best parent he can be to his kid. I think sometimes, you know, we need to just mind our fucking business. That's, that's what I really think. Um, so what else is going on this week? That was my main thing that I wanted to talk about. Oh, I had something else I want to talk about. So, <laughs> okay, let me pull this up. I, I saved this somewhere. Erica Badu um, came out with her vagina scented incense and they're completely sold out and they're $50. So I I don't, I wonder what this, what these incense smell like, but um, they were called Badu Pussy Premium Incense and they were completely, completely sold out. And it only took 19 minutes for them to, um, to sell out. And so apparently, um, they were handcrafted with ashes from the singer's underwear, pure resin, essential oils, and herbs. And so for $50, you got 20 incense per pack. Um, here's the thing. Everybody that Erica Badu date, after they break up, they, they be fucked up. So for me, like, I mean, and she got a close relationship with everybody. So, I mean, obviously I think she cool peoples, but I'm not trying to fucking get any damn, um, uh, pussy incense or anything. I think that shit probably have my ass in here. Fucking, I don't know. I don't know how I'll be in the house, but, um, when I first heard, heard about her coming out with the incense, I thought it was hilarious. I didn't think it was really real, but it really, it really was real. And so, yeah, so it sold out in 19 minutes. Um, what else I got going on? Oh, so my friend, um, I don't even know who told me about this show. It actually might've been, I'm not sure, but they were like, Oh no, I think I just was on Netflix and I was just perusing on Netflix. And so I saw it, uh, the show called love is blind. And I was like, okay, you know, I might sit down with it and watch it. I try not to watch too much TV to be completely honest. Um, but you know, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna sit down and watch it. Listen, I'm about halfway in of the first, the first part of the show. The show is fucking crazy. Um, and I, I, I literally the other night was up watching it. I felt like shit the next day at work because I was literally up watching the show. And clearly I'm not built to fucking stay up super late at this point in life. And so, um, let me tell you what the show is about. So it's like this social experiment where you, fall you you have to try to fall in love with the person without seeing the person and so they're all in this house and they're separated and you have men on one side women on one side and so when they go on their quote-unquote dates they go into a room where they're talking to each other through the wall and so you just building a connection through talking there's (laughs) there are so many things that's problematic with this. Nothing about them not seeing each other. I think actually think that's kind of cool. I think it was kind of cool from the standpoint of you have to actually sit and listen to each other and talk to each other and try to get to know each other without the superficiality of, um, you know, what somebody look like and all the other stuff. I thought that was cool. I kind of thought it was cool too, about, you know, not knowing like what color the person is and getting caught up on, you know, the, the, the race factor. I thought that was kind of cool too to where it made me want to keep watching to see how this going to pan out. Cause apparently like after you, after you quote unquote fall in love, um, and they propose, that's when you get to see each other. And then your journey kind of starts there where, you know, you go, um, you go, uh, on a vacation and then they, um, they move in together 
And then ultimately by the end of this experiment, they're supposed to be, you know, getting married to each other. So, um, it's been pretty cool so far. I mean, I've, I've, I'm into it. I'm watching it. It's just been pretty, it's been just pretty interesting to, um, to just see people, uh, really, I guess, feel like they're in love in like two days. And I don't know if that's possible. I feel like when I was young, maybe it, it might've been possible, but I'm so much of an overthinker and I think so much. I don't think that I, I'm not built to do a show. I'm not built to do an experiment like this because I think entirely too fucking much. And I'll be in there wanting to talk for fucking forever. And they'll be like, okay, we're going to have to get her off the show because she's still talking and she's not making moves on trying to do anything else. Um, so I'm, I'm too paranoid to do a show like this, but it's been really interesting to watch. It's been really, uh, I, I've just been sitting there with my mouth open watching it. So check it out. Love is Blonde. It's on, um, Netflix. And I I think it's a three week series. So I think like the first week they gave us 10 episodes. And I think this week coming up, I think they're going to give you another 10, I think. And then I think after that, you get another 10. I think that's what I think. Um, so let's just go into the thought of the week this week. I don't really have many um, hot topics this week. I don't really think there was that much going on. Um, my thought of the week this week was just more so a therapy reflection uh, and just me talking a little bit about therapy. So um, I was thinking, I was laying in bed last night and I was just thinking about therapy. And this week I had a few people actually hit me up in regards to therapy that I had um conversation in regards to it and so for me um it made me feel really good and it made me feel really good for a lot of reasons um if you would ask me three years ago what would I be doing right now I would have never thought that I would be doing this where you know I look forward to every every week you know coming having a conversation about therapy or having some kind of reflective moment of myself most times with my episodes to be completely honest Um, there are real situations, there are real things that happen to me, or there are real things that I struggle with. And I'm just more so just having a conversation with you. And it's just reflection for me and just more, and it gives me more insight of myself and what, like where I'm at. Like sometimes I go back and listen to some episodes. Um, and I think about how I felt on the day that I gave the episode. Cause, cause it's been times that I've given episodes where I've been sad. And I think, I think sometimes it comes through and probably in my voice that I'm sad or I'm having a moment or anything. And so for me, like my podcast is, it's my pleasure, but it's also kind of a form of therapy for myself and kind of personal reflection for myself. So it's pretty cool. Um, but when I went, when I first went into therapy, um, I wasn't afraid actually. I was more so, I didn't really know how it worked. And so I more so was just like, I didn't really know what to expect. And then I kind of wondered, was I going to be open? Um, and so for me, um, I had somebody ask me this week. Um, I got asked a lot of questions this week, actually. But one of the things that stuck out to me to where I wanted to talk about just, I guess, reflect on therapy was, um, was I guess when I first started therapy, the reasons why I wanted to go was because I was unhappy and I was unhappy with, um, life. And at the time I was, I wasn't happy in my relationship. And here's the thing. I was unhappy first, like with myself, like just everything. Like I had a sense of just unhappiness and 
I don't think it's fair to always be like, oh, you know, blame a relationship or blame other things because what am I doing or what am I putting out in the atmosphere as to why my relationship is the way that it is and it's causing me so much unhappiness, right? And so, and so for me, like, that was what I had to start to think about. Like, not the relationship. I had to start thinking about myself. Like, what the fuck is broken in me as to where I'm this unhappy, And I don't believe that if you're unhappy with yourself and you're unhappy, how can you ever make somebody else happy? So for me, like, it wasn't just, oh, well, this person is doing this to me. Like, no, like, I'm, I don't think, I don't think I was great either, you know, to where I was doing, um, like I was a whole partner to them either, because how can you be if you're unhappy with yourself, you know? And so, and I had a lot of sadness And that was what made me be like, okay, I need to go talk to somebody because the route that I'm on is not going to be, it's not a good one. And I kind of felt that way. And then also around, you know, like I told you last week around 28, 29, um, I felt like, you know, I wanted to start, um, you know, thinking about, you know, having a kid and all that stuff. And so I knew it was important for me to kind of start really working on my insides, you know, because on the outside, if you see me, I'm well put together. You think that everything's good. You know, I never, I don't have a struggle at all. You know, everything's good, but I wasn't happy and I wasn't good. Um, And I didn't really always communicate these things either. You know, I'm not the most overly communicative person, believe it or not, to where I talk about, you know, things that I'm struggling with or things that I feel. Those are also areas that I definitely have to work on. Well, I have worked on, but those are areas that I needed to work on, you know, letting people in, you know, I just had my best friend the other day, uh, when I was talking to her about, uh, just thinking about like my village and people I lean on and like really, getting that fully together in my mind, like, cause you know, um, if I go into, uh, you know, my own personal parenting journey, like, um, I'm going to need people that I trust, like a, a village, you know? And so she told me, she's like, Mika, you know, you have people, but the problem is that you don't always lean on your village. And she was like, there's nothing wrong with leaning on people and telling people what it is that you need from them. And when she said it to me, I was like, damn, she's so right. Because sometimes I'm just so used to just being strong and, and not saying, you know, like, yo, I'm struggling with this or, Hey, you know, I'm scared, you know, with this. And, um, so that's something that I'm still reflecting right now and just kind of thinking about, but this is literally how my mind goes and what made me be like, okay. I want to fix some stuff with myself. And so that's how I started therapy. That's what made me push me into going through with therapy. So when I started therapy, I think I was open to the process. I think I was, um, I know I wanted to get, I wanted to, um, really fix some shit. And so I think you have to be fully open. So I was open. I talked. So then what made me start enjoying it? Um, I think I started enjoying it first. And then I think a year in was when I was like, all right, I want to start digging deeper. You know, um, at first I would just go to therapy and I would like just sit and fucking vent and, um, 
and I would just, you know, talk about things that was just getting on my fucking nerves. And, and I still do that sometimes, but for the most part, like, you know, I try to really be intentional when I'm there, but at the beginning, I don't know how intentional I was. I think I was just more so like, you know, just talking and releasing and, you know, I, I used to feel like it was more so like, um, I was more so creating, like, I, I just feel like I had a safe space, like where I didn't have to worry about hurting somebody's feelings, or I didn't have to worry about, um, you know, if I said something harsh or something like that, like, and so I could just say it at therapy and it made me feel so much better because you're not walking around carrying this shit that you feel about this person that you feel like you can't say. And so for me, like I, I felt a lot better, uh, you know, in therapy. And so then after the first year, um, I more so was like, all right, like I need to start really talking about like some areas of things that I want to kind of improve on. Right. So my friend hit me up the other day and she asked me, um, what, what do I read? And like, what am I reading or whatever? What am I researching to where I just have so much insight of myself, like this kind of awareness. And, um, so I told her, I'm like, you know, I do, I do read and I am like a mad scientist with this shit. Like I think mental health, you know, awareness and just understanding of it is so fucking important. Right. And when you start breaking down and know and understanding people and learning people, like I can literally sit and talk to somebody and I can sit and fucking diagnose them. Like literally like what their fucking problem is, what the fuck they got going on, what the hell they're doing wrong, how maybe they should change their thinking on this. Like I can do that from a conversation, just talking to people sometimes. Like obviously I don't tell them this, but I just listen to what people are saying to me. And I listen very intently on what, on what they're saying. Right. And so sometimes like what I learned, honestly, with all of this, most times we are the ones that be fucking that, that fuck stuff up. Like we are the ones that's like the problem. You know, you think somebody else's problem, like sometimes if you actually just reflect on yourself, it's probably some shit that you're doing in there. That's a problem too, you know, or some kind of trauma that you had somewhere that has blockage for you or something that happened to you in a other, in a previous relationship that you never fucking dealt with that you done brought into this relationship. It's just always, it's levels to the shit, like of why you might need therapy. Everybody needed to a certain degree because we can't always see past our own shit to fix it. Right. So I was telling her that and I was like, you know, yeah, I read and, you know, I enjoy this shit and I talk about it all the time. And, you know, people usually call me and talk and all that stuff. But I said, but for me, therapy started working for me when I stopped lying to myself and I, and I became more honest with myself. You know, it's easy for you to, you know, and I did it to be in, even in a relationship and be like, man, this relationship is fucked up because they're doing this, 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 this. Okay. But what the fuck are you doing? You know, what, what can you do better? Right. And so for me, like I started breaking down every relationship, right. And then start breaking down all the shit that, you know, I was doing. Right. And so, um, and then I started asking myself, why, why did you make these decisions? Why did, did you do these things? What was your thought process during the time? Um, my therapist one time told me what she's given me a lot of insight of just what I like about her is that she doesn't fully just tell me, like, I know sometimes I walk out of there, she'd probably be like, Lord, what the fuck? You know, Mika is all over the place, but she doesn't fully tell me that she thinks I'm all over the place. 
she more so would drop a nugget and she'll tell me, go home, read about this, research this, get an understanding and let's talk about it when you come back and tell me what you think in regards to yourself. I'm going to give you an example of something she did that with. And that shit was so fucking insightful for me, like really insightful because it really was me. Like a lot of characteristics was me. She told me to go home and to look up children that were raised or born um, from alcoholic and what kind of effect they, you know, you know, you that has on the, the child and what kind of characteristics does the child usually have? Um, I guess like in a, in their adulthood. Um, and so it was like all these things you can read and, you know, so I went home and I read that and, you know, I thought about myself and I was like, wow. Like when I started looking at like how, how many of these things I have characteristics of and see, when you start doing that and you start being reflective, then that's what helped me really understand and really appreciate therapy because it really gave me more insight of myself more than I think I ever was going to have the know-how to know I would have never sat and thought about that shit you know I knew my dad was alcoholic I know for me the only thing I really take much thought into is like when I drink being mindful of how much I drink or don't overdo it or you know if I'm sad don't fucking sink yourself in alcohol because your dad was alcoholic and you, you can very well be one too. And I've always been mindful of that. That's the only thing I've ever taken into consideration was just like habits and things that I'm doing. But other than that, like, I don't, I didn't really think, think much of anything else. Right. So when she gave me that exercise, those are things for me that made me appreciate her, but made me appreciate therapy and made therapy start working for me. Because when you read something like that, and you start thinking about yourself and the shit you're doing, you're no longer can lie to yourself. You have to start being like, okay, like I, I got shit over here. Or when you start reading about childhood trauma and you realize you, you have childhood trauma and how the, these things affected you in so many different places and you actually are reflective and you see that, you know, that helps you one, know things that you might need to work on too it makes you just be honest, right? And so a lot of times people aren't ready to do the work. And when you aren't ready to do the work and you aren't open to it, you don't get anything out of therapy. And that's that's mainly, you know, um, I think the problem with people in therapy, personally. Um, I had someone hit me up and they were just asking me about therapy and like, you know, um, kind of like how I felt about it and all that stuff because, you know, um, it's such a stigma in the black community. But here's the thing that I try to tell people, right? Mental health is something that's prevalent in every race. Um, mental illness is something that's prevalent in every race. It shit has no color. It has no color with it, right? And so we all need to get help of some form, especially if you, if you truly need it. And it's nothing to be embarrassed about. I think it's been so like one of those things like where um, you know, people fear what the, what they, the unknown and what they don't know. And I think it's something that we never really talked about. Um, I know, especially in my family, like, you know, and we have people with mental illness that we never talked about. Like you never actually had a discussion about anything, depression, anxiety, none of that shit. Like, and so, you know, people think negatively of it, like, or think something's wrong with them. And it's like, it's nothing wrong with you. You know, if you need to get a little help, you need to get a little boost, get it. 
get your fucking healing so you can feel better, you know, and don't be embarrassed of it. But I think it's because no one really talks about it in the black community like that. Um, and now I feel like in this day and age, it's more of a push and a more of an openness to it, but it, it's still like a, a slow burn. Like I tell my friends all the time, like, I think all of our fucking parents need fucking therapy, you know, um, like for real, for real. And will they ever go? Who knows? But, um, I know when I try to talk to my mom about therapy, like, I mean, it's just, um, a conversation that's just, I don't know. It doesn't go anywhere because I just think that generation in time is just, um, it never was talked about and, um, is something that you just don't do. I was raised to where you, you did not talk outside of your household. And so the fact that I was raised that way, like, I don't think my mom would ever fucking say or open herself up enough to say, um, what she feel or her life about her life or anything, because we're, we were literally raised constantly beating our head. Like you don't talk about anything that you, that we have going on in here. So I don't know. So that perspective, I think that's why people are apprehensive, but I also think that, uh, people are apprehensive in regards to therapy just because they're afraid. And I think a lot of times people are afraid to, um, be honest with themselves and have real conversation with themselves. Cause once you start being honest, you can't go back to the same shit you were doing. Cause then you, you pretty much know you're a fucking fraud, you know, that's how I look at it. And so I think people don't want to fucking sometimes don't want to fix it or they aren't ready to fix it because once you start diving into your emotions, diving into your hurt, diving into whatever, um, you have going on, you can start unlocking this, unlocking that, unlocking this, unlocking that to where it might be, it might take you places that you might not be ready for. And I always tell people when I give advice in regards to therapy, you take your time with it and you go when you feel like you're really ready and you're ready to do the work. I know people that go to therapy and spend their fucking money going to therapy and don't do the fucking work. So you just go in there basically spending your money, but you're not doing anything with it. Take the exercises that they give have come with questions. Like sometimes I feel things during the week and I have shit that I want to talk about. Sometimes I sit and just talk about my fucking whatever I got going on in my life at the present moment. And then sometimes I'm more intentional where it's like I have questions or I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this area right here or I want to work on this over here, or why do I do the shit that I do over here? Like I'm bringing stuff to the table and not just expecting them to do all the work, you know? So it's therapy works and it's based on how you approach it and the work that you put into it. And that's what I believe, you know, because you can, you can go and get nothing out of it. And a lot of people do, you know, and that's another reason why people kind of don't come back. They're like, Oh, well, I did this and I didn't feel any fucking better, but you got to give it time too. I've been in therapy for, for, uh, three years now, over three years now, I think. So it's, I've been there before a fucking minute and three years, is not even a super long time, but I mean, consistently, I mean, where I mean like a minute, like consistently go, I go every, um, two weeks. And when I first started, I went every week for over a year, every single week for over a year, you know? So I think it's just a mindset and it's just all about what you, want to get out of it. Um, and you know, I'm always open to have these conversations. Um, I tell you every week where you can find me, I answer all of my emails, me messages, everything. I'm always 
quick to respond um, and continue conversations. Today, I just wanted to have a reflective piece about therapy because this week um, I actually talked a lot about therapy. Um, I'm a believer in it. Uh, I think it's important. Even if even if you feel like you're not even going through nothing, I think it's just important just to fucking talk sometimes and not always talk to your friends. Just there's a more uh, safe space and unbiased space, you know. Um, but I thank you so much for listening today. Uh, and, uh, this is pretty much a, just a quick little episode. Um, I do have some stuff coming up. Um, I have a few more co-hosts coming on, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, for March, I think we're going to see some of those episodes in March. Um, like always, you know, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave feedback if you want. Um, you can find me on Twitter, IJMT podcast uh you can find me on instagram at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast my email is ijmt podcast at gmail.com um like always i thank you so much for listening speaker here and i appreciate you